Liftoff. We have a liftoff. This is the Owls Podcast. It serves as a disclaimer. All views expressed on this podcast are for entertainment and educational purposes only. I am not a financial advisor and recommend that you seek one when seeking financial advice. Enjoy. All right, welcome back to the Owls Podcast. And again, I'm your host, Dwayne McCarthy, and this is the Owls Podcast, episode 11. We in this thing. Made it through 10, y'all. I can't believe it. You know, some of the sometimes I get asked the question, I guess, like, how do you find material to talk about? And honestly, a lot of it's just because it's macroeconomics. You know what I mean? This is stuff that affects you on a day-to-day basis. So how can it not affect you? You know what I mean? So you always find something to talk about because it's macroeconomics. <laughs> but anyways, um... As always, I like to thank you guys for being an avid listeners to the podcast. You didn't have to do it, but you've been doing it anyway, so I greatly appreciate it. If you are new listeners, this is the Owls Podcast. You may be asking, what does Owl stand for? And Owl stands for Observant Well-Educated Leader. And that's what you are just by listening to this podcast, an Observant Well-Educated Leader. You know, <clears throat> so like for me, the Owl means a lot. And, uh, you know, as a kid... I had a lot of opportunities to be a part of um, institutions and groups where I was privileged to be the youngest amongst the oldest. Right. So like what I mean by that is that there were a lot of older crowds I hanged around with people who had like eight to, you know, 20 plus years on me. Right. And a lot of times I had the privilege to be able to participate and listen to a lot of the conversations that took place. And I also had like a lot of individuals who, you know, pretty much poured into me in my youth. And, you know, um, uh, father figure I had, um, Victor Franklin, he, you know, poured a lot into me. And one thing that he always stated was, you know, having financial buckets, you know, being a good steward as a man, you know, of your family. And, you know, just watching him day in and day out was a big, um, how I say it, like it was, it was a reflection, I guess, how he felt towards his family and it, it rubbed off on me. But anyways, you know, just being in his presence and amongst his friends, I got to hear a lot of the conversations and, um, there was a quote I heard and it always stuck with me and it goes, um, a wise old owl sat on the oak. The more he saw, the less he spoke. The less he spoke, the more he heard. Why can't we be like that wise old bird? And that stuck with me. I was about nine. Right. And I still say this quote to my daughter to this day. And it's something I've always told her, you know, ever since she was able to, I don't know, walk and, you know, talk back, (laughs) I guess, you know, but um, planting those seeds early, how they were planted into me. So the owl represents a lot. You know, it means a lot to me. And that's how I came up with this podcast a little bit, you know, as far as that being, I guess, not only the mascot, but also is something that I subscribe to um, being an observant, well-educated leader, being now, you know, as always, I like to um, start off the podcast with giving y'all like my background and my, you know, day to day information. You know what I mean? Like stuff that I'm doing in my present time. So. As always, I'll tell you that me and the wife, we're constantly trying to find new shows and stuff like that. I'm personally not a big TV watcher, but I have been these last four to five months just because 
I feel left out. You know, everybody's talking about these different shows that I haven't had the preview to watch. So, um, you know, I've recently been blessed enough to kind of just sit down and watch some of these shows like Power. And, you know, if you've been paying attention to the Owls podcast series, I've been discussing Power. So we're on season. I don't know what well, we're on the book four or five. Anyways, it's 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 force. You know, it's with Tommy Egan, the spinoff with him. And we are on season two, episode five. It's getting it's getting good. You know, Tommy's one of my favorite characters other than Ghost himself. Ghost is my favorite character, but it's getting pretty good. Um, we're also watching if you are an Amazon Prime holder, we are currently watching uh, Gen five or Gen V, excuse me, Gen V. So it's a spinoff. Uh, to the main show, The Boys, and if you watch The Boys, oh my gosh, if you haven't watched The Boys, <laughs> it's something you need to be watching because, um, well, I'll say this, it, it's, it's an acquired taste because it is graphic. It's funny, but it is graphic. It's a good show, and I mean, it has you captivated. You know, it's a parody of superheroes, essentially, so, you know, from the DC and the Marvel Universe, you know, they just make parodies to them and it's more so the darker nature to what superheroes are you know so in most of the i guess continuity that you see in a lot of the shows or a lot of the comics you know the superheroes are upright moral beings you know what i mean but in the boys it kind of shows the darker side the darker nature to it to how like they are like sadistic selfish a-holes like you know they got real life problems they do drugs <laughs> <laughs> they go to clubs, you know, they got their own like fantasies. This is wild. So anyways, me and the wife are watching the spinoff of Gen V and it's pretty good. I actually I actually have been pretty much intrigued by it. It is so far. I think I think we're on episode four and it comes out every Friday on Amazon Prime. So anyways, it's a pretty good show if you haven't watched it. So what else is going on? So Drake released his album. Uh, what is the name of his album? Uh, I think it's for all the dogs or for my dog, something like that. Don't quote me on it, but you know I, I have the privilege and chance to listen to it. And uh, I mean I liked it. I listened to it twice so far. Me and the wife we listened to it. I listened to it by myself, and I thought it was pretty good. Um, you know he said that he's taking a hiatus after this, so we'll see. I mean he's been pushing out, you know. A lot of material for the last I don't know eight years or so so he it's well deserved um I'm a Tim's fan Tim's came out with a little you know uh single who else uh Rod Wave came out with a new album Nostalgia it was pretty good too so anyways if you're looking for something to listen to those things came out Lil Wayne came out with a pre-mix tape it was it wasn't his best piece of work but it was you know what I mean it, it, it was Wayne so, anyways, with that being said, let's go ahead and get into the podcast. Let's get into the market report. So, <clears throat> a lot's been going on recently. So, you know, uh, Kevin McCarthy recently was booted out as the House of uh, Speaker. Um, and, you know, it was very tough decision between the Republicans and Democrats. You know, a lot of people felt torn about his decision <clears throat> or, I guess, the decision to um remove him as the house the the speaker of the house so um i think the republicans are looking to you know put a a figure in there that they can 
you know, have a little bit more pool with because, you know, the current administration has been having a lot of leeway <clears throat> as far as pushing a lot of their their agendas and these new fiscal policies that they're pushing for. And, you know, some of it's hurting the Americans and some of it is actually benefiting us. So it's a it's a it's a give and take kind of situation. And it all boiled down to a lot of it, though, is with the fiscal policy pertaining to, of course, student loans. Um, and aid to Ukraine, right? So if you've been paying attention to the podcast, we've been discussing, you know, in the last, you know, couple of podcasts, how we've been recalling the GOP debate and, um, how a lot of the, you know, nom- I guess, presidential candidates who are nominees, uh, have been, you know, are actually strong advocates for funding Ukraine, but, you know, their reasons may be different. And, um, you know, what, the common consensus was is that hey we need to make sure that we have a some form of first line defense over there and that's the ukrainians fighting uh russia's uh president vladimir putin so yeah i mean it's been very interesting just kind of seeing how this is all unfolding because this is really we're coming up to an election year next year right so everybody's going to have the chance to vote on you know the new, I guess, uh, who the president may be, you know what I mean? I guess the current nominee or running nominee or the one that's actually leading the polls in the nomination for the GOP um, debate is President Trump, Donald Trump. And I think he's leading by 46 percent. You need at least four percent votes or four percent of the votes to move on to the new debate. And I just think that a lot of uh, candidates, presidential candidates are actually kind of struggling against Trump. But Trump has even been in the the debates you know what i mean he's letting them kind of argue it out themselves and it's you know it's it's working to his advantage you know what i mean so um but he has been playing shadow puppet you know he's been fighting his own little court allegations and whatnot so i mean it'd be pretty interesting to see what's going to happen in the near-term future when you know i guess when debates come up again because uh you know, like I said, you need at least four percent of the votes to go into the next the next round. So um, it'll be pretty inter- interesting because also the Democrats haven't been been very vocal about who they want to push out there. Apart from President um, Joe Biden, you know, um, you have RFK. You know what I mean? But you haven't been hearing too much, and um, I guess many people have been questioning. You know, are we left between? Uh, former President Donald Trump or current President Joe Biden, you know, and I think that many of us don't want to see that again. And not that I think that Joe Biden is a bad person by no means, but I think many people question, is there a shadow government above him? You know what I mean? I think, you know, his cognitive, um, I guess, mental health has came into question. His physical health has also came into question. You know, can he continue running as the current, um, you know, chief in command? You know what I mean? So um, Kamala Harris was asked a hypothetical question. You know, would she be willing to take over or she is she ready to take over her roles if for some odd reason, President Joe Biden, um, you know, had to take some type of hiatus for his health? Anyways, um, so that's that that recently took place. But let's get into what happened this uh, yesterday or as of Friday, um, which was October 6th. So October 6th, we had very important economic data that came out and it was centered around the unemployment. Right. So we had <clears throat> the unemployment claims that came out. We had 
um, as far as the job reports. So um, economists were really kind of anticipating that the job report would be kind of modest. You know, they were anticipating at least 171,000 jobs to be added to the labor market. But we were way off. We um, added 336,000 jobs to the labor market, which far exceeded the, I guess, the the number that was, you know, projected for the amount of jobs. Now, this this basically just shows that the economy is still strong and stronger than we even thought, which is good. You know what I mean? It's not bad. Um, unemployment is still at record lows. We're at 3.8%. We were kind of anticipating 3.7% as far as the, uh, I guess economists were kind of just anticipating that. And, um, you know, there was no change. We, we, we still were at the same levels that we were back in, in September, you know, so excuse me, back in, um, August. So, you know, 3.8 is where we're at in August and September, we're still at 3.8. And I think, I guess we were kind of anticipating a a drop in un, in uh, unemployment, um, simply because you know the the market is is strong. You know what I mean. So, but <clears throat> many of these jobs that we added were mostly in leisure and hospitality. So, if you've been paying attention to the podcast these last few weeks, we have been talking about as far as that the the market that is being you know, I guess filtered in as far as like who's filling these positions are mostly within hospitality sector, this hospitality sector, uh, and the leisure sector, you know, like, um, whether it's restaurants, hospitals, you know what I mean? Like jobs like these that normally immigrants would type, you know, typically feel. So, you know, we've been having these stricter immigration laws, which has been keeping immigrants from funneling into these positions, these jobs. So unemployment is still at record lows because nobody is filling these up. So, you know, um, this is one of the things that is kind of just making the Fed scratch their head on because, you know, as, as we discussed in prior podcasts, Powell wants unemployment to go up. He's trying to prevent a stagflated economy like we had in the 1970s and 1980s, where we have high inflation um, and we have high unemployment and we have, um, you know, less GDP. So. He's trying to avoid a situation like that where we had inflation go down and then we made a recovery back up to in high inflation. So inflation got up to 10 to 14 percent. He's trying to prevent that from happening. So um, this is the puzzle, the jigsaw within Jerome Powell's, I guess, puzzle right now. Like this is keeping him up at night, possibly because. You know, at the end of the day, he doesn't want to see inflation go back up. And right now, you know, you have the UAW, which is the worker strike that's taking place within the auto industry, the big three in Detroit. You know, you have what is it? Um, GM, uh, Stellantis and what is it for? Like you, you're having this issue right now where they are demanding you know, four day work, uh, four day work weeks. They're demanding higher wages. They're also demanding for um, better benefits, better pay. Right. So this is going to possibly contribute to an inflationary environment where, you know, it may contribute to, um, you know, just consumer spending. You know, inflation is going to go up possibly a little bit more after all this is said and done after negotiations. We just recently got through the the writer strike. Uh, now we're working on the UAW strike, um, the automotive automotive industry and you know many speculate that it's going to be a 
like a secular thing like it's going to be a worldwide industry thing where people are going back to the drawing boards and asking hey we, we're demanding for stronger wages at this point now you know the cost of living is going up inflation hey we need and and we're competing against artificial intelligence you know what i mean so but this also may push companies into the arms of artificial intelligence because ai ain't gonna revolt back to lower wages ai ain't gonna fight back and demand better benefits you know what i mean and i can get better production out of them so it's a very interesting situation that we're in right now so um let's see what else what else has been going on in the economy um we also have been um possibly seeing a recovery within you know we have those big massive layoffs at the beginning of the year within tech and regional banks and you know we also had the layoffs within yellow like the trucking industry and the warehouse like we may be seeing those individuals find employment again you know what i mean so there's there just might be other things that are at play um that could be contributing to you know i guess these jobs being added so um job job growth wage growth is still strong so i think this is also um like I said, good for the economy, just it may make it a little bit harder for Jerome Powell to do his job. But at the same time, there may be deflationary events at play. And I want to discuss those kind of things. So we recently are starting student loan repayments back this month. Right. So that's a deflationary event. Um, what else are we having? We have the China slowdown. Uh, we have a global demand slowdown. So, you know, we have uh credit card debt at all-time highs so and we got these deflationary events that may take place so you know Jerome Powell may not have to raise interest rates come November 1st right um or yeah in November so I mean there's just there's like I said again it's a puzzle that Jerome Powell has to figure out right now because like I said do you let these deflationary events take place but also, too, I also want to mention that we have some inflationary events uh, still, you know, that recently just popped up, you know, war. Right. So recently Israel had declared war with Hamas. Right. So now Hamas is just a military group. You know, they're a a big enough group to wreak havoc. They recently launched 5000 rockets in Israel, um, which killed over 200,000 people, excuse me, over 200 people. And I think 75 were wounded and still counting. So um, Israel has now declared a, a war with Hamas. Now, this is these two factions have been going back at it, you know, for a very long time. You know, Israel has always been at war with, you know, its neighbors due to, you know, differences in political ideology, differences in um, theological you know, ideology, um, and also too, you know, as far as just different atrocities that, um, the different groups have portrayed to one another. So it is a very sad event to see take place, um, where, you know, in 2023, we still have to worry about things like this, where war is still a thing, you know, um, differences in political ideology and you know just cultural differences lead another you know man or another group or another nation to you know inflict their will on another power you know what i mean so but this is an inflationary event essentially so 
usually in war, inflation takes place because there's an increase in demand um, in products and services and goods. Not to mention that, but oil typically goes up in these type of environments. And the reason being is because nobody wants to transport oil you know, during times of conflict and also too, it makes, you know, production a little bit harder too, right? So this now shoots up the prices of commodities, right? So oil being that commodity. Now where this kind of gets interesting, kind of scary on our part is that we are already in a proxy war with Russia and Ukraine, right? We are sending, you know, aid, in, you know, to Ukraine right now. And if, we get involved in this war. Now, mind you, this is a small tier war now, but at the same time, the U.S., the, the EU, Brazil has, you know, openly said that they support Israel, right? They support them defending themselves. And, you know, we are allies. And at the end of the day, they may call upon the U.S. to provide aid, right? Now, this is a issue because this is inflationary, right? <clears throat> so... We may be seeing higher interest rate hikes, maybe in the near term future. Now, mind you, Jerome Powell may not raise interest rates. He may keep them where they are, you know, and just higher for longer. Um, and maybe there might be a cut mid 2024. There might not be. Um, there are some analysts and econ economists that kind of see that Jerome Powell may even continue to raise interest rates even more, you know, yields may continue to climb. And as yields climb, mind you, we talked about this in prior podcasts, as yields climb, bond prices typically go down. Now, nobody wants to buy the U.S. debt right now. Remember, um, our, our, our credit worthiness, our rating went down. You know, we went from, a, I believe, a, uh, what is it, triple A plus, to excuse me, a triple A to just a double A plus rating, you know, probably about three or four months ago. And, you know, our credit worthiness is essentially just went down. And so um, I think a lot of countries right now just don't see that the U.S. debt is somewhere to be right now at buying up our debt, you know, because like I said, bonds are just loans, right? So nobody's really buying up bonds right now because a lot of people don't believe that we are going to have a strong economy um, later on, 30 years from now. So, like I said, you know, you got your different treasuries. You got your 10, 5, oh, was it 10, it was 2 years, 6 months, 5 year, 10, 10 year, 20 year, 30 year, you know, and all of them mature at different times and offer different yields. Now, typically, your long term um, treasuries typically offer you a better yield because you're essentially locking in your money to be invested with the government or a, a, a business or a local government. You know, you're essentially saying, hey, I'm going to loan you money and you're going to pay me interest. Essentially, you're going to pay me off that yield um, for loaning you this money for X, Y, and Z amount of time. Right. Whatever it is, two year, five year, 10 year, 30 years, whatever it is. Right. Now, I guess. Um, the issue that we're having is nobody wants to buy our debt. Nobody wants to buy bonds from us, right? And it's totally understandable. They have their own issues going on. Now, this may cause, um, again, the Fed to step in and actually start buying up 
treasury bonds or treasury notes because nobody's buying our debt and that's becoming problematic we already have an issue right now if jerome powell continues to raise interest rates um this is going to continue to you know tighten the labor market It's going to tighten the credit market because as he raised interest rates this means that people are less likely to borrow money and if people are less likely to borrow money you know, this means that people are more likely to struggle. So if you're a business owner and you need money, you're going to go to the bank to ask for a loan. Right. Because now at this point now, um, people may not be utilizing your products and services as much. Now you got to keep your overhead low. Right. So you may have to go take out a loan and kind of cover overhead. You may have to lay off certain staff members. You know what I mean? You have to cut cut labor force. So. You know, it just becomes this domino effect. If, you know, we have to cut costs and labor costs, um, you know, people can't afford to, you know, do their day to day necessities. So this becomes just a, a snow snowball effect, not to mention, you know, shoot, you know, the housing market is coming down. But the, the fact that there's low inventory and then that, you know, builders permits are also going down, too, which is creating this still like high um, inflationary, you know, housing market because, um, you know, current homeowners who are looking to sell aren't selling. You know what I mean? They want top dollar for their 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 home and they're probably looking for top dollar, too, because if they sell, they know they have to battle, you know, seven and a quarter interest rates or almost eight percent interest rates, if not more. You know what I mean? So they have to find some type of balance for them in order to like some type of incentive for them to sell their home cheaper and they're probably not so um and not only that i can only imagine though there are individuals out there who are hoarding cash right now trying to be able to afford a home you know what i mean and with these higher interest rates um i just don't see anybody actually buying a house right now so um it's going to continue to become a problem if rates continue to go up so you know, some predict that there may be a housing correction and there might be, but I can easily see it turn around because there's just not enough inventory. Right. So it's the same thing with oil. I think we talked about this in a prior podcast. If if there is a very if there's a fixated amount of, of oil that's available, like we don't have a large inventory that now makes the price of oil go up. Right. But if there is a large inventory, we have reserves right of oil we have we can we can play with you know numbers at that point now we can decrease the amount of you know what it costs for oil barrels and whatnot so same thing with the housing inventory if there's not inventory on the market well homes are going to be more expensive so i wouldn't want to be by i wouldn't excuse me i wouldn't want to be drone power right now because i mean he's juggling he's juggling macroeconomic events in his hand so um but as yields climb, this affects the stock market. So um, this kind of just makes it to where that, you know, especially the small cap um, companies like the Russell 2000 have been very unattractive for like the last year or so. And the reason being is because these companies are not as financially savvy or financially secure as your large caps are. Right. So your large cap companies are like your Apples, your Microsoft, your Googles, your Teslas, your Visas, you know, your um, Amazons. These companies have either a solidified moat or they have a strong consumer base. Right. And by them doing that, you know, they have built this strong financial support system system and, and base for themselves so they can 
they can hold out. They don't have to borrow money. They're financially secure and they have reserves, right? But these small cap companies have been neglected these last year or so. And that's because they don't have the same type of financial security as these other companies do. So they've been heavily neglected. Now, I will say this. There will come a time where small caps will probably outperform large caps, especially if interest rates go down. Because now you've been seeing where large caps have been highly outperforming, um, you know, the rest of the market, particularly the tech market has been outperforming the most of the market. Right. The Nasdaq is like the high of this year was like 42 percent is what it performed. Right. The highest has been so far. And then we have this pullback. Right. And um, we'll talk about that in a second, though, too. But we have this pullback. And I think we're up. The Nasdaq in particular is up like maybe 22 percent and i think the s p and the dow the s p i think is up like 15 percent and think the dow i don't know i think the dow actually might be negative this year i have to go look it up i can't remember i think they're i think they're in the positive but i don't pay attention to the dow as much now for those who may be asking the dow is made up of like 30 companies s p is roughly over like a little bit over 500 companies and then the nasdaq is made up of 100 companies right so and the Russell 2000 is just a hodgepodge of um, small cap companies that are weighted differently. So, um, but yeah, the, the Russell 2000 has been heavily neglect, neglected. The small cap companies have been heavily neglected due to the fact of higher interest rates. So with small cap companies, you know, for them, they can't afford to borrow money in this type of environment. Right. So with these higher rates, they can't afford to go borrow money to, you know, maintain their current staffing. They may not be able to borrow money to, you know, make it and pay those those interest payments. You know what I mean? So speaking of interest payments, I mean, the U.S. alone is barely making it. They're paying 15 percent interest, which makes their their payment, I believe, roughly 800. I think I think it's million. No, billion. Eight hundred billion dollars. They're paying a day just to pay their bills back. And it's borderline insane. So eight hundred billion dollars. I mean, that's I don't know. That's 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 a lot. You know what I mean? And, you know, a lot of the company or countries that owe, I guess that we owe as far as like being uh, indebted to them. I mean, it's well, who is it? Japan, China, UK, Berlin. I said Berlin. I meant to say Belgium. Excuse me. Belgium. I think like Switzerland. Canada. I mean, the, the list goes on. I, I can't name them all, but this is just what comes on top of my mind. So, um, but I mean, Japan being the number one country, we owe the most debt to because they they have most of our debt behind China. I mean, in front of China. Um, so, I don't know, man. Like, it's just it's scary. And if Jerome Powell continues to raise interest rates, it's just it's going to be a tighter, crazier market. Not to mention. Our, we, we produce more debt. We're paying. We have more debt than we are producing in GDP. This is like scary hours kind of stuff, though. But the economy is expected to do pretty well next year. I will say that the forecast for next year is actually expected to do pretty well. Not to mention this. This, you know, we're just started Q3. I think we just ended Q3, excuse me, and we're getting into Q4. So, um you know, with Q4, I think we're, we're expected to have strong reports in here, too. And I mean, it makes sense with having more jobs at it. Right. That means more people are employed. We have more money to spend. Wages are still slowly going up. And I think they're supposed to be 
um, go up even more. I think we're at the lowest we've been since February um, 2022 as far as um, wage rate growth. So I think 0.2% is what it was um, this month. And I think 0.3% is what we're supposed to be at next month. So, yeah, I mean, when you think about it just in this totality, there's just so many different things that's going on right now in the economy. So um, if you are someone who doesn't know how to navigate through these, you know, terrain, you know, I highly urge, encourage you to really study up and brush up on some of these events. Like Ray Dalio um, says that we have a lot going on right now. You know, if you listen to him and if you read some of his books, Principles, um, if you read the, the changing of the world order, you know, he really focuses on these type of events because or environment, because typically, um, historically, this is this is what has led to the demise of nations. And we fit the same category um, in his books. So we have poor education. That's one of them. Um, two, we have, you know, civil unrest, civil disputes. That's another we have a differences in political ideology. So there's different factions. Right. And also, too, we have a surplus amount of debt and war. So these are several things he's highlighted in his book, The World, The Changing of the World Order. He said these things has led to the demise of prior civilizations. And we fit these same categories. And typically, like it's a it's a cycle. Right. When a new country is formed, typically you share similar political ideology debt is low education becomes a a focal point um you know um, we focus on infrastructure we focus on growth and you know the issue is <laughs> from what i got from his book after reading it we get bored i think as people we like conflict i don't necessarily like conflict but i think just as a society conflict is almost inevitable and i think that's just because people just like drama people have different differences in political ideation and we see it right now i mean we have this big massive debate between pronouns we have this big debate on um spending we have this big debate on you know um i guess like race theory you know what i mean there's just so many different things um civil unrest between how law enforcement interacts with communities um you know i guess like you know it, it's a hodgepodge of things and that we're facing right now and i will say instead of focusing on the issues at hand we have focused on like these petty minor things that have no relevance and no bearing <clears throat> really on our lives i'm nobody in particular but i'm just saying like these things really have no bearing you know what i mean um but like I was saying, in this type of environment, you really need to be doubling down on, <clears throat> you know, having your capital work for you, because let's say, for example, the current administration is reelected and typically Democrats spend more money than Republicans do. Republicans believe in, you know, stricter, you know, laws, fiscal policies. You know what I mean? Like um, they believe in, you know, smaller government bigger local government you know what i mean so <clears throat> we have differences right in in political ideation but whoever's in power can almost dictate you know what you do with your money at the end of the day and you need to be, make sure that you're allocating your money into a place of financial refuge where you can get your maximum return because you're not going to get it in the bank right because the bank 
is doing the same thing I'm telling you to do. Invest your money. The, the bank is literally taking your money and investing your capital to help them get a return. Right. And they pay you a small interest fee. Right. You get your point zero one percent return on the money that's sitting in your savings account versus if you have your money invested into the stock market. Let's say, for example, the S&P 500. Right. Where it gives you at least a eight percent return. Right. Yearly. Averagely. Right. And, you know, you could have it into a ETF. Right. Where, you know, it's a high yield dividend ETF where it pays you a dividend, whether it's quarterly or, you know, annually, you know what I mean? So you need to have your money working for you. And in this type of environment where, you know, there's so much uncertainty, you know, um, as far as just economic projections, you need to be putting your money towards work, towards, you know, investments. Because um, if you don't, what are you going to do in the next 30 years when, you know, the cost of living shot up even more, homes are more expensive, healthcare is for sure going to be more expensive because the older you get, the more issues you got with your health, you know, unless you're, you know, like that's one thing you can't beat. You can't beat father time, right? So if you're not someone who's actually, you know, being a advocate for your own health and actually who is um, championing the the gym, right? Like you're, you're, you're a heavy advocate for the gym and you know, you're eating well, like I'm a, I'm a paramedic, right? Firefighter paramedic. So you see a hodgepodge of individuals who chose to neglect their health and their youth, right? Because we have this, you know, odd depiction of ourselves, right? You know, and it's funny because this kind of ties into, I guess, our closing point as far as in stoic talk, which is, you know, um, so I'm reading this book by T.D. Jakes called He Motions, right? And within He Motions, he talks about the different phases that we go through in life, right? I think I might've discussed this on the prior podcast, but as you know, in your youth, you have like this immort immortality, you know, persona, right? Like you have this idea that you live forever, that, you know, your body doesn't get old. You can eat what you want. You know, you may smoke what you want, drink what you want. And you may think that the consequences really have no bearing on you long-term. Because you think about that, just that long term, you say, oh, it, it, long term is long term. Right. I have I have plenty of time to make up for my poor decisions now. Right. But as you start reaching your 40s, you start to realize you went from being immortal to <laughs> you start pondering on your mortality. You start thinking about the things that affect you on a day to day basis. You know, you start thinking about legacy. You start thinking about retirement. You start thinking about the choices that you made and what were the doer of deeds could have been done better. Right. That's one um, quote from Theodore Roosevelt. It's one of my favorite one It's called the uh, um, the man in the arena. And, you know, um, one thing he talks about in there in his in his speech, um, he talks about as far as like the credit belongs to the man that's actually in, in the arena whose face is, um, you know, covered in mar, sweat, blood and tears, um, who strives valiantly. You know what I mean? Where the doer of deeds, you know, are, are done. Right. He talks about how, um, you know, at the end of the day, you know, he's in a far better position than the individuals who n never took a step in the arena. Right. You know, they don't know the pleasure of victory or defeat. And he can never that man that's actually in the arena can never, you know, um, stand with those cold, timid souls, you know, who actually never got in the ring and fought never got in the arena. So, you know, in this, in this 
current scenario I'm, I'm, I'm alluding to you is that, you know, your mortality is coming. You know what I mean? You have to get involved in the arena. You know, you think that you may be immortal. You may think that, you know, you have forever to get your life right. You may think you have forever to get your health right, your finances right. But I'm telling you, you know, um, Father Tom has always been victorious. Life is forever victorious. You know what I mean? What spectrum are you going to be on? So um, with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and probably conclude it with my, my stoic point. So. Um, like I said, I've been reading Emotions, and there's one part in the book of Emotions um, by T.D. Jakes. He talks about um, as far as exercising your gifts and your talents. Right. And it goes part of fulfilling your calling is taking an appropriate risk to maximize the potential of the gifts and talents which you have been entrusted with. Playing it safe is not commendable. Avoiding risk is not to be rewarded. In living out of fear of what others will think with their approval and disappointment approval should not be what motivates us. That is from T.D. Jakes. So when you hear all this information, it may sound like doom and gloom. It may sound scary and whatnot. But I'm telling you, like, don't don't sit on this information. Right. Don't just sit on it and not actually put it to, to use. Don't sit on it and not actually apply it because, you know. When you look up, you may have thought in the past I was talking that that jargon. You might have thought I was talking noise. I didn't know what I was talking about. And, you know, you could make that argument because I ain't sitting on, you know, a million, two million. But I will say is that I am in the arena. I will say that I am actually trying to actually use my talents and gifts. You know, um, we waste our life as it is. Anyways, yeah, I talk about the beginning of the show, how I watch TV shows and whatnot. But I have to do those things in order to like to find balance in a sense, because I can talk to y'all about this stuff all day long, all day long. And because it actually it motivates me, it encourages me. You know, I, I find this stuff to be interesting, captivating. But individuals need to actually start applying this information. You need to open your IRA, an individual retirement account. You need to put money in there. You need to start investing your money into, you know, ETFs. You need to start putting your money towards, you know, um, assets that appreciate, right? You need to start finding wealth building strategies, you know, tax shelter strategies. You need to actually start applying some. These are some things that I personally am doing currently in my life right now. And you may subscribe to that, like I say, immortality phase, but I can tell you this much. It don't take much to check that immortality. It don't take much to check that, that bank account. It don't take much to check that retirement account because we get sick. People get hurt. People die. Storms hit our homes. Our car gets involved in car wrecks. So I'm telling you, you know, cut back on your your TV consumption. Cut back on the amount you go out. Cut back on the amount of money you spend on nonsense. Get involved in the gym. You know, find your purpose, find your why, you know, um, there's so many things out there that you could be doing as far as being a good steward of your time, your money and your body and your mind. Right. So with that being said, that concludes the Owls podcast. And again, I am your host, D. Wayne McCarthy. I look forward to um, sharing with you and talking to you again next week on the next podcast. All right. Bye bye.